Welcome to Take Your Health Back Now, how to live healthy in our increasingly unhealthy world with your hosts, Kendra Duquette, Jenny Wise, and Dr. Drew Duquette. Welcome, everyone. This is Take Your Health Back Now, podcast number 13. It's Kendra and Jenny here today. Um, We're going to be talking about the precautionary principle and just really just uh, using your common sense. (laughs) Yes, and um, you might be able to Google precautionary principle if you don't really know what that is or haven't read our, our take on it. Um, and what you might find online is that it was originally kind of used in um, more scientific applications and kind of specific. But the way that we use the idea of living the precautionary principle is a little different than um, if you just kind of Google it. So our idea is really just common sense, using precaution in your life and instead of looking at things like, oh, well, this hasn't been proven to be dangerous, so it must be fine, then kind of going the other way. So until it's been proven safe, let's avoid it. Right. Um, And, you know, if you just think about uh, most of the chemicals that we use, you know, that are used in our personal care products, our cleaning supplies, even in our water, like chlorine and fluoride, uh, even glyphosate. Actually, not glyphosate. But all the other ones mostly were a surplus from leftover from World War II. Um, they had all of these chemicals, didn't know what to do with them. So they came up with other uses for them. And now we're using them in you know, all of these products that we're consuming and putting on our bodies and... Um, uh, glyphosate, I mentioned, but it actually is similar to Agent Orange, and Agent Orange was made by Bonsanto, and they changed it up a little bit and turned it into glyphosate. So that was just a surplus from a different war. But um, but you get the idea. These these things that were deemed safe, or even like, you know, cigarettes for years and years were said to be safe, and then it turned out that well, actually they're not. So right. So these companies developed all of these things. They put a bunch of resources and money into developing things, um, mostly for war and weaponry, that kind of thing, which they felt was needed. Well, then the war ends. Now you've already got all these processes. You've got these investments into these things. So what is industry going to do? They're going to figure out a way to um, use these things they've come up with. So that's where the whole era of better living through chemistry uh, came from. Uh, and if you think about it, that was a really short turnaround from when they were used as a weapon to when they were used as a everyday household item. So you can't possibly have had any kind of long-term study on effects uh, on human health or studies on how these things, when they intermingle, affect human health. Um, and that's if there were studies going on, which most of the time it's very, very minimal to get a, a product or chemical approved for use in the U.S. Um, They basically go with, well, has anybody died from it? No, not yet. Okay, sell it. Right. And then if years down the road we're starting to see people dying, then maybe we'll take it off the market. The other thing to think about now that there are so many symptoms that people are experiencing with chronic illness and 
uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know or not, but a lot of uh, chronic illness, well, all chronic illness comes from inflammation, which a lot of it stems from the gut. People are starting to know about leaky gut and things like that. But the same symptoms are also what we call multiple chemical sensitivity um, for people that are very sensitive to chemicals in the environment. You know, maybe they go into a mall or into Bed Bath & Beyond and they're smelling the chemicals that really bothers them. They're the same symptoms. And then they also have something called EMF sensitivity, which also presents as the same symptoms. So it's really hard to, in this day and age, pinpoint where your symptoms are coming from. Um, this is a little off topic, but I just popped into my head, but it's the same idea. So you really just have to use your common sense, go with the very basics. It's actually very simple, you know, it goes, comes down to a very simplistic lifestyle, but, um, you know, rather than focusing on where these symptoms are coming from, or if something is bad, like Jenny said, just assume it all is and go as natural as possible with all of your decisions. Right. And that's a, a kind of a big wake up call for a lot of people. That's eye opening. They assume that the government or, you know, these whatever bodies they imagine are in place to test and um, make sure things are safe before the public can buy them. That's not really true. That's not how it works, um, especially in our country. Uh, the making money is kind of prioritized over everything else. So if you start putting all these restrictions and rules in that they have to test the product, it has to be long-term testing, it has to be proven safe, you're really, really reducing their profit. Um, and I think that that is an easy way to understand it. Like, you know that capitalism, big business industry is not going to allow the government to restrict their profit. So then you can understand that they couldn't possibly have long-term testing and information in place for everything that we use. So you have to understand that it is your own responsibility. You have to be empowered to make those decisions and not just blindly accept what the label and the marketing has told you. So, um, and the reason why the natural products uh, don't, there's not as many out there. There's not as many marketing claims. There's not as much hype is because there's not as much money in it. So think about like vinegar and baking soda, not high profit items. And that is a really basic piece of making your own cleaning. So you can do that. You can use lemons. You can disinfect with some really natural things, but you know, there's no listing that this is a certified disinfectant or a amazing cleaning product because there's nobody making money off of it. Right. And something I was just thinking about as Jenny was talking is if you think about the word fragrance or the word perfume that, you know, you see in all kinds of products, just that word, um, there doesn't have to be any testing on the chemicals in the in that word. They can have up to 500 different chemicals all combined together to make that word. Um, they don't have to list any of the ingredients because it's a proprietary secret. Uh, so just, I mean, if you just consider that one word and the implications that come with that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kendra was saying, it's a proprietary secret. So there was lobbying done that basically companies said, well, 
if we list all of the ingredients that make up our scent, then another company could very easily copy our scent. And that's something that's so specific to our brand that we can't possibly let anyone else copy it. So that's how that came to be. So it's a trade secret because it's a scent that you associate with a brand or a perfume. Um, so they don't have to list it. And it's a big, big group of things that all go into to one ingredient. Right. Um, so you can, you can always follow that money trail for those type of very odd um, regulations and rules. Um, same thing with like uh, labeling for actual uh, precautionary like poison and flammable. The, the industries have lobbied for those labels to be less scary because they don't want people to be scared and not buy their product. Right. This is off topic too, but <laughs> that's okay. That's just how we're going today with the podcast. But I was just like, this morning I read that right now, again, this is week five of the coronavirus when we're doing this podcast. Um, but it said that the poisonings, poison control, the calls they've been getting have gone up 25% over the last five weeks with people poisoning themselves with disinfectant and cleaning products. Because everybody's cleaning oh and disinfecting everything because of the coronavirus. <laughs> yes, I have seen so many. I mean, people are typing it up and making it amusing. Like, oh my gosh, I almost poisoned myself. Um, and you can get a little laugh out of it, but it is really kind of scary to think about that people are mixing these every day. They think household safe products and uh, they're causing some pretty big reactions. Uh, I read online a story, someone said, oh my gosh, I realized that I just almost poisoned myself and my boyfriend because we didn't have any sanitizer and I felt like we needed to sanitize our whole house, which as an aside, why would you need to sanitize the inside of your house every day if it's only you and your boyfriend there and nothing's coming in and out? But <laughs> aside from that, um, so she mixed uh, rubbing alcohol and bleach oh together. Gosh because those were the two things she had and she knew they both disinfected. So if she put them together, they, she thought they'd be better. And she basically made like a, you know, hydrochlorine <laughs> gas that they use to knock people out and it can kill you. Um, and she's like, and I was getting these migraines and I don't usually get migraines all the time, just sometimes. And then I Googled it and realized I was, you know, poisoning my entire house. Right. Exactly. Yes. So we've definitely gone off topic, but again, it comes back to what Jenny was talking about previously about, you know, let's just err on the side of caution and not use all of these crazy chemicals in your cleaning products and disinfectant. And let's just use vinegar. I mean, that's just a very right. basic item that actually or is known even, to disinfect. Right. And even in general uh, cleaning, you don't need to disinfect everything all the time. I know right I now people to. are right. People are doing it a little bit more because of the spread of germs, and that makes sense in public places or where people are congregating. Um, but in your own home, if you're sheltering in place and you don't have anything coming in and out, you don't need to do that. It's not going to do anything except spread a bunch of disinfectant around your house. And the reason why 
hand sanitizers and disinfectants have become so popular is because, again, they are a product that's recently been um, able to be packaged up and marketed to people, and someone's making a profit off of it. Uh, washing your hands with a bar of soap and running water for 30 seconds still to this day is the best way to clean your hands and remove germs and stop the spread of viruses. So these new products are not better. They're just more profitable. Right. And it, and, it, and it's become such a clean society, which is, remember, anything that is designed to kill life kills all life. I'm sure I have said this before, but we are made up of trillions of bacteria. So when you're sanitizing everything, you're also actually killing all of the beneficial bacteria that is on our bodies and in our bodies. Um, and again, our immune system comes from our gut, which is made up of these beneficial bacteria. So it's actually uh, counterintuitive. Uh, it's you know contributing to all of these chronic illnesses that people are experiencing. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, information that is coming out that shows that by killing all the bacteria all the time and all the viruses all the time, they are mutating to be even stronger. So now when you are exposed to them, they're even more potent. So if you have a reduced immune system or if you have chronic illness, now you're creating all of these uh, opportunistic bacteria and viruses that are actually stronger because they had to mutate because we're teaching them how to be stronger by killing them all the time. Now it, it just, it's, it's a cycle. We're making yeah. stronger germs and then we're saying we have to kill them and then they get stronger and then we kill them. <laughs> Where if we would just follow precaution and keep things, you know, wipe down clean, normal hygiene that people have been practicing for a very long time, we would not be in the cycle and people would actually be overall healthier. Right. And, and sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, a hundred years ago, there were, was a lot of disease that we eradicated. Well, it was eradicated because things did become more hygienic and people became cleaner. There were some really uh, unsanitary conditions that people were living in, you know, hundreds of years yeah, ago. You, and that's when disease can, spread. Exactly. You can look at third world countries that are now, third world countries now, and kind of use that as the same sort of model as where first world countries were a couple hundred years ago. Um, kind of the same situation with access to these things that we take for granted, running water, indoor plumbing. Um, these are really important. So places right now that are third world countries, what they're doing in response to coronavirus is making sure that people have places where they can actually wash their hands. Um, a lot of communities in third world countries don't have running water. They share one faucet for the whole town and there's no soap and people are there all the time. So they're doing things like setting up hand washing stations with bars of soap. And that is greatly reducing spread of things like, um, you know, the current coronavirus and other similar type of pandemic. That's made the biggest impact. So that kind of shows you that a hundred years ago, it was probably due to lack of common hygiene, not lack of chemicals and products and those type of things. Right. Well, you know, when you use a bedpan and you throw it out your window into the street, things aren't going to be very And clean. there's no sewers. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but anyway. When so, you don't understand what a germ is, you know, then you can't really keep yourself clean because you, you don't understand how things spread. So Right. So now it's just kind of gone the other way. So we need a nice balance. Everything needs to be in balance. We talk about that a lot, but it really does. So just some of the basic common sense steps you can take are, like Jenny said, just make your own cleaning supplies, not with alcohol and whatever that girl did. Please. Yeah, don't mix that. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, and, and you can make a lot of your own personal care products just with, with you know, common um, household ingredients you have around the house. Just eating healthy, live, whole, real food like we've talked about before. Um, some of the foods that you can just, if, if you avoid, these are all common inflammatory foods. So again, remember, inflammation is what causes all chronic illness. So if you're avoiding inflammatory foods, that's a really big step that you can take. So that would be um, like conventional dairy. Uh, those animals are, you know, they're they're not eating a species-appropriate diet. They're stressed. They're sick. So they're passing that on to you. So that's a really good step you can take. Um, avoiding anything with wheat or gluten is a big one. Wheat is found to be very inflammatory. Um just packaged and processed foods, pre-packed. That even goes for organic foods. If it's in the organic aisle and it's still a processed food, it's actually a, what we call a dead food. There's no really nutrients left in it. So just just avoid packaged processed foods. Yes, and when Kendra says things like conventional, in case you're not um, a big follower of us or new to us, when we say conventional, we just mean non-organic. So conventional dairy would mean those large farms, non-organic, not uh, local or organic practicing. Right. So that's a big difference. <laughs> that's okay. I was just like to give people background because sometimes right. we just go through things and assume people have the background knowledge, and most of them probably do. But just in case you don't, conventional just means non-organic and the most commonly way things are done. Right. Um, some other things that people should avoid that are just common sense are anything in plastic. So plastic water bottles, um, canned foods have that plastic lining. Even if it says BPA-free, they're using some sort of chemical to line these things. We didn't have BPA listed as a bad thing a couple of years ago, so the stuff they're using now will probably end up being the same um, things. You can look for in-ingredient lists, so best to use whole, healthy ingredients and make your own foods, but if you are using anything that's already made as an ingredient, make sure you're not, um, nothing has carrageenan, monosodium glutamate or MSG, um, sodium benzoate, all the gums, guar gum, xanthan gum, locust bean gum, carob gum, gelling gum, cellulose gum, terra gum, <laughs> Anything that says gum, really not a good thing to be ingesting. Yeah. And again, those are, they're stabilizers is what they're for and, you know, for shelf life. But uh, you find those in a lot of organic foods too. So don't let the fact that it's organic um, make you feel falsely and, that it's yeah. safe for you. So definitely read the labels. And a lot of gluten-free. So when we say avoid wheat and right. gluten, that doesn't mean 
go out and buy the, the processed food labeled gluten-free because it's probably going to have a lot of these other additives in it. Right. And, and actually, on a side note, there is actually gluten to some degree in all grains. Um, so foods that say gluten-free, it's, it's a marketing gimmick. They're full of all kinds of other grains that are highly processed that are not good for you. Um, and just a, as a side note, just think that anytime anything becomes popular, um, or, you know, people, companies jump on the marketing bandwagon, that's a good uh, rule of thumb to avoid those items because they're really not out for your best interest. It's it again, comes back to the money chain, like Jenny was talking about earlier. Um, so that's just a good rule of thumb. Yep, and, and in that vein, also things that are um, GMO, genetically modified ingredients, we want to try to avoid those. Um, a lot of people will say, well, there's nothing that shows that they're any more dangerous. Well, here's the precautionary principle. We don't know that they're safe. It just doesn't seem like a good idea in general. So you're not eating a natural whole diet if it's something that's been modified at a genetic level. So let's avoid that. And that's, again, another profit thing. The reason they're genetically modifying things is to get higher crop yields and cheaper food supply. So uh, that back to the money and there's not a lot of health in any of these creations. People are not thinking about right. what it's going to do. And just uh, along the GMO line, um, you know, glyphosate, and Roundup was designed for GMO crops. And glyphosate actually blocks the shikimate pathway in the plants. So that's that's how it works with the plants. And that's how proponents of GMOs say it doesn't actually harm human health. But the issue is that our bacteria that I keep mentioning, you know, we have thousands and thousands more bacteria than we do cells the bacteria actually do have a shikimate pathway. So these GMO foods or foods that are sprayed with Roundup and glyphosate, um, it actually blocks the, the, you know, the life pathway in the bacteria. So it's not necessarily us, but it is the bacteria. So in an effect, affects our health. Right. We need the good bacteria in our bodies to be in a state of health and wellness. And there's not a lot of, um, information on this side. It's kind of an emerging area of science to see how the symbiotic relationship is with this bacteria in all of our immune systems. But the research that's being done shows a huge connection in the health of that good bacteria and the health of the person. So um, another precautionary principle, you might not be able to find a million scientific cited sources about how you need these bacteria but you're not going to be able to find any about how you don't need them. So err on the side of precaution and keep those bacteria happy. Exactly. Yes. So I think that's good for today. We could talk about this subject for the next four hours very happily, <laughs> but we'll probably be losing a lot of anyone that's listening <laughs> to us. True. We should probably wrap it up. We've got uh, a lot of information for people to process and digest for this episode. Uh, those are the big ideas on precautionary principle and living just with common sense. So I'm sure we'll talk about this topic again 
but these are some really good ideas to start with and think about and see where you can make some positive changes in your own life. Right. And and again, as always, if it's overwhelming what we're telling you and you really don't know where to start, um, you know, all of our programs, our books, they're all designed to help you with all the steps. We, However you might work with us, we have everything laid out for you. But if you just want to do this all on your own, it just is very simplistic, like we talked about. Just just come down to a very simplistic lifestyle, kind of what we've been going over and will continue to do. But um, don't get overwhelmed. Just just stick with that. Yep, yep. And simplistic in a way that it's easy. You you look at things, are they good or are they bad? And decide from there not simplistic and you can't have anything and you're going to be a monk like that's right. not what we mean right you can have a very fulfilling very happy um great lifestyle and you'll be healthy as well so that's a huge piece of it uh you just it comes down to simple choices right simple choices for quality of life yeah all right well, all right so, everybody have um, a wonderful day Yes, and if there's anyone you think would like to uh, listen to us, make sure you share and please subscribe if you haven't already. We really appreciate everyone that's listening and the feedback. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.